turnarounds. Say turnarounds. We could call it breakthroughs or turn it around. I believe no matter where we're at in life today, God has some breakthroughs for you. Say breakthroughs. Say it again. Come on. Say breakthroughs. God wants to do something great in your life. You're not too old. You haven't missed it too much. It's not too late. There's more. Say it with me. There's more. Hallelujah. I don't know where you're at in life, but God wants to bring you to the more. Everything working? No, not working? Praise the Lord. Do we need to start over? <laughs> Facebook won't go live. Well, let's stop it and start over. Can we? If it's not working, can you just copy it? and Matt. You know, that's kind of what happened last week too, wasn't it? <laughs> All right. God wants to change your life. Now I can walk around. You know, before I had to start doing all that, man, I'd, I'd walk around, pace back and forth like, let me at him, let me at him. And now it's like, no, my, just, there's no internet. Okay. All right, everybody, pull out your phone and let's find Xfinities. No, not really. I don't know. All right. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Are we going to start over? All right. Stand up and went. No, no, I'm just kidding. You know, thank God. And here's the thing: is is we would normally just go like, oh well. But technology. I mean, there are people that watch it every week and rely on it every week. And you know, it's something that we're blessed to be able to do to reach out to other people, other places. There's about 225 in the Philippines. Okay, is it going now? No. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go. God's good. Say it with me. Say God's good. Even when you're having trouble with all the electronics, God's good, isn't He? He's faithful, and I believe God wants to do something great in your life. I believe God wants to do something great in our life, even right now today. You know, God's the same. He hasn't given up on us. It's not too late. We haven't messed up too much. He can turn the most impossible situation around. And in fact, God specializes in miracles. You hear me say that all the time. He specializes in turning things around. I believe that God wants to do something new. The day we're living in, God wants to, to move in a, a greater way, a mightier way. I believe He wants to be more real to you. I believe He wants to impact humanity really through you. Hallelujah. Is there more? Come on, is there more? There is more. There can be a new season. It can be a new season in your life. It can be a new season in your health. It can be a new season even in your marriage, in your children. It, I believe it can be a new season, a new time, a, a time of breakthrough and blessing in our church. Say amen. amen. God is still God. He's still good. And Jesus is still Lord. Never forget that. God is God, and He is good, and Jesus is Lord. Say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus. He holds you in the very palm of His hand. I mean, you talk about a good father. God's a good father. Never underestimate God's goodness, His ability, or His willingness to bless His kids. And I know you could go to many places, many churches even, 
And they would say, well, yeah, God's good, but you know, He just may put cancer on you. In fact, a, a, a well-known uh, speaker, a well-known pastor, and, and a, a great author, and someone who's, who was a mighty man of God, passed away this, this week and went to be with Jesus. And I saw in one of the things people wrote about him, he said, God used cancer to take him home. I'm like, oh, man, no. No, you know, and here's the thing is you don't have to be sick to die. You know, you can just go home. But don't do it. We need you. <laughs> right? Come on now. God's best. God's a good God. Never underestimate His goodness. God is for you today. If we could just really get that, no matter what we face, if Christianity as a whole would understand that God's not out stealing, killing, and destroying, we're going to get to that in just a minute. When any problem arises, it's critical how we respond. It's critical how we respond. That's why a couple weeks ago we talked about not letting the devil steal our joy. No matter what we face, no matter the obstacle, it's important how we respond. It's easy to shrink back. I've done it many times. You pull back and you just go, oh no, what am I going to do? And you allow those worries and those cares to come on you. No, God's still God, isn't He? John 10, 10, don't get it confused. You've heard this many times. The thief, Jesus said, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. You don't hear that preached a lot. Not like it should be. The enemy works to bring negative circumstances, bad things to show up. And many people, sometimes you just think, man, it's just constant. One thing after another. Have you ever felt that way? I'll raise my hand for everybody. And those storms of life come, but the Lord is bigger. He's bigger. He wants to, to uh, you know, some people just say, well, if I could just be, you know, I'm okay, I guess. And uh, no, God wants your life to be more than just okay. He paid a high price for our freedom. It's easy to spend time worrying and talking about our problems and circumstances. And that doesn't mean we don't pretend they're not real because they are very real. Sometimes people say, oh, you know, you just, you just pretend they're not real. No, I see them. I know they're there. They're big, bad, ugly. Those giants are there. Those mountains are there. But God is bigger than those things. And I don't want to emphasize just what the devil's doing, just the devil, you know, the problems. Unbelief emphasizes only the problems. But faith in God will emphasize how big He is, how good He is, how faithful He is. If we're walking just by the circumstances, really we're walking just in the flesh. Because every circumstance is subject to change, isn't it? 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, that doesn't mean we just pretend. That doesn't mean that everything goes great. That doesn't mean that we're not challenged, no. But we, we have the Word of God. We have the promises of God. So we don't go just by what we see. We know the things we see are subject to change. It's not over yet. Faith in God emphasizes the answers, how big God is, His faithfulness, and that He is working. Say, God's working. Say it again. Say, God's working. Come on, let's shout it out this morning. God is working. And I serve a big God. There's nothing too hard for my God. I tell myself often this. Get that worried look off your face. 
have to remind myself, you know, quit looking so quit quit being so worried. God's working. But what about this? But what about that? But this, but that. No, God's working. I prayed, I believed. We talk about how big God is, who He is, what He's promised. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. That's a barometer. And many, many, many times I've had to go, oh, you know what? I'm despairing, I'm complaining, i got to change. i got to change. Every problem we face is subject to change. We must learn to overcome those circumstances. God specializes in the impossible. Either circumstances overcome us, or we overcome the circumstances. Come on. God's a big God. I mean, He, he splits seas. I can't split peace. <laughs> Come on. Is that right? 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you such as is common. Common to man. Well, I have a special problem. I Googled it, you know, and everybody dies from this. And, oh, you know, it's, be careful what Google tells you. <laughs> Hallelujah. That problem is common. That problem is common. Don't let the devil tell you, oh, this is a big, bad, hairy, worst problem ever. No, it's common. But God is faithful. Amen. Just because a problem comes doesn't mean God's not faithful. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. In other words, He makes a way where there is no way. That doesn't mean, oh, this problem comes and I'm going to run. I'm going to run from this and run from that. I'm going to run from this job to the next job and that job to the next one the next one. I'm going to run from this situation. No, no, that's not it at all. He says, you'll be able to stand. You'll be able to overcome. I believe God always makes a way for me. Jeremiah 32 and verse 17 says, Ah, oh, Lord God, you made the heaven and the earth by your great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for you. Quit talking about how hard that situation is. Oh, that person, my boss, they're just hard. That family member, they're just hard. There is nothing hard for the Lord. Were you too hard for the Lord? No, you weren't. Luke 18 and verse 27. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. When we join together with Him and His plans, things that were impossible become possible. That's why we say it. Are you ready? We were born for more. Say it again. We were born for more. We still serve a miracle working God. And there's more. I want you to open your Bible, if you would please, to Daniel. The book of Daniel in the Old Testament. Daniel, and we're going to look at this story. And many of you are familiar with it, I'm sure. But just listen to it like you've never heard it before. There's some good things that you can get out of this, I believe. Daniel chapter 3. And uh, I'm just going to tell a little bit of it because it's a long story. This is an example, an amazing example of a turnaround. An amazing breakthrough in their life King Nebuchadnezzar built a pure gold statue of himself 90 feet tall no ego problem there 
a 90-foot-tall statue. Think about that. Nine stories, basically. Gold of himself. And he gathered people. He had a big celebration to dedicate this thing. He had all the people come from all over. And he said, uh, listen, we're going to play some music. And every time the music plays, everyone, it doesn't matter who you are, everyone will bow down to that statue. In other words, he's saying, look, there's nobody bigger than me. Really, he was proclaiming himself God. And he said, if you won't bow down, well, it's going to be certain death and instant death, basically. So people gathered from all over around. Let's look in Daniel uh, 3, beginning in, uh, well, we're going to begin in verse 12. There's uh, certain, the Chaldeans, a group of people came to the Nebuchadnezzar, and they said, King, you know, when the music plays, there's a group of Jews who will not bow down. Let's pick it up in verse 12. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So in other words, these men were some leaders already, weren't they? These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, didn't take long to light his fuse, did it? Be careful when you get your, your fuse lit because you're going to do wrong things. Come on, the Bible says be angry and sin not. Be careful where you... Now, now anger, you know, I, I believe that anger is an emotion that's an okay emotion, but it's not to be directed at people. It's not to be directed just because you've had a bad day or somebody cut you off or flipped you off or whatever it is. Don't you get upset, Right? Some people, it's, you poke me a little bit, I'll poke you back ten times. No, 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 no. No, no, that's not what, you know, anger. We're to be angry at the one who really is behind things, and that's the enemy. And that was a little weak, but I'll take it. So his fuse was lit. He said in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I've set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, lyre, psaltery, in the symphony of all kinds of music, he said, when the band plays, in other words, you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Now that sounds a lot like some things maybe that you might face today. You say, if you don't do this, doesn't the devil tell you that? Has he ever done that to you? If you don't do what, you know, then the consequences. Oh, man. If you don't, just go along. If you don't, act like everybody else. <laughs> Come on. And he mocked them. And he mocked God. He said, who is the God who's bigger than me? It's the same today. I don't want to depress anybody here, but have you watched any news or anything or you seen anything going on in the world or some of the crazy things that are being out there that and if you're a, a Christian well you're just you know well you're just 
terrible person, obviously. Because you say some of those things are wrong or those things are wrong. No, you know, it's not me saying those things are wrong. It's the Bible that says those things are wrong. Right? I mean, and that's the thing. That's the time we live in today. Well, that is your truth, but that's not my truth. No, truth is truth. Jesus said in John 17, 17, he said, Father, your word is truth. Truth never changes. You don't have to have a good memory if you always tell the truth, because if you lie, you've got to have an amazing memory. Oh, what did I tell them about this? Oh, I think I told these people that, and that's different than what I told them. No, just tell the truth. It's real simple, isn't it? They said, where is your God? And I believe that's kind of the time we're getting into more and more in America. Like I said, I don't want to discourage anybody. Because you're going to see these men came out all right. They took a stand for Jesus. And, you know, they took a stand for God. This was before Jesus had come, obviously. But they took a stand for God, and they came out all right. And if you and I will take a stand for God, we're going to come out all right, too. Now's not the time to be weak-kneed. Now's not the time to be like, well, you know, I don't want to. And, and I'm not saying be in everybody's face and argue about. No, I'm not talking about that at all. But I am saying, look, we must take a stand for right and wrong. Hallelujah. And even if they say, oh, you know, where's your God? And I mean, I mean, it it's, uh, seems like Christians are being mocked and, uh, you know, made fun of right and wrong is not right and wrong anymore. It's my truth, your truth, eh, whatever. No, don't get into that. And in fact, if we don't watch it, and I know churches, they're being sucked into that. And I believe that the church as a whole, this church and every church that preaches Jesus, we must take a stand. That doesn't mean we're against anyone. We're not against anyone. We love everyone, but... You know, we're not going to conform God to their image. No, we're made in the image of God. We are to, if there's any changing to be done, it's in our life. God's not going to change. They mocked God. They said, where is your God? These three were committed. They were committed. And really, you and I, we make the decision. We live by decisions. And we decide before the storm comes, before the obstacle comes, before that challenge comes, if you do not decide what you believe, and you will not decide, you know, I'm going to take a stand. Well, then when that storm comes, you're going to be weak-kneed. You're going to wobble. You know, you're going to be like the waves of the sea. A double-minded man. And the Bible says, don't let that man think he's going to receive anything from the Lord because he's double-minded. In other words, oh, well, you know, just anything that comes along, that'll be all right. No, we take a stand. Hallelujah. They were committed to God, passionate about serving God. We say it, we are passionate about loving Jesus, loving our spouse and family, and loving others. You know, sometimes I have to remind myself, look, you're passionate about loving Jesus. This is not just, you know, oh, well, yeah, I can take Jesus, I can leave him. No, I'm passionate about loving. I choose my passion, and so do you. Amen. Hallelujah. The Nuggets, any Nuggets fans here? They're going to go to the Western, they're in the Western Conference Finals, and they're going to win it all. Charles Barkley said, so we take it to the bank. 
Hallelujah. Because <laughs> he wants to come to Denver and play golf. Come see me, Charles. I'll play golf with you. Oh, you. Hallelujah. <laughs> but people, they are passionate about sports teams. And that's okay. But make sure that they're, you're, you're, they're not more of your focus of passion than Jesus is. Thanks, Pat. Praise the Lord. And time Sunday again, got to go to church. Oh, I got in. The Nuggets are on there. The Broncos are on Oh, do you know this? You know, oh, and this one is, you know, do you know this about this player and this and about that player and this and this and then that? What about Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. You Christian? Oh, well. Yes, I'm a Christian. Hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody out there. Nobody here, obviously. <laughs> We're passionate about loving Jesus. And you know what? You and I choose the passion that we love our spouse with, too. I'm not just talking about the physical act. I'm talking about being kind and loving. I choose to be passionate about my spouse and my children and my grandchildren. And sometimes that's hard. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier than other times. And the same then, we're passionate about loving others. If, if we will become other-minded, we must have that mindset, live our life in light of eternity. We must be passionate about other people's future. It's true. So let's read on. Daniel 3 and verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. He said, yeah, we're not going to go pray about this. We're not going to call the prayer team. We're not going to go fast for a week or two. You know, we're not going to know. We've decided. We decided this a long time ago. We gave our lives to God. Our life is not our own. I don't have to think about this. I know. I'm ready to give you an answer. Verse 17, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace. Stop there. Most Christians would believe God is able. The big, the big question is, will He? Right? Right? I like that they didn't stop there. They didn't just say, well, God is able, and well, I don't know what he'll do, and what will be, will be, and oh, Jesus, help us, please, and if you don't, oh, well. No, they said, and he will deliver us. Our God is able, and he will deliver us. You must get to that second point. You must say, my God is able, and he will come through. My God is able, and he will make a way where there is no way. My God is able, and he will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God is able, and he'll turn this situation around. They said, King we're going to be delivered from your hand, O king. But if not, verse 18, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. They didn't just blurt out an answer based on the emotion. I mean, if they'd gone by their emotion, they probably went like, O oh, king, please. Because the pressure was on. They made a decision before that pressure comes. You make a decision before... Come on. 
Well, my spouse and I, we just had the fight to end all fights. Well, you make a decision before that happens that you love one another no matter what. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, this just happened at work. Well, you've made a decision. You know, you just got laid off. Well, God supplies and He gets me at the right place at the right time with the right people. And God gave me another job. Better. Pay twice as much. They made a decision. The day we live in, we must be strong in what we believe. We must be strong in what we believe. Because I have news for you, and once again, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but the pressure is going to keep going up in the world until Jesus comes back. Our God is able, and He will. A spirit of faith. His men had a spirit of faith. Something different about them. Something different. I want that to be about me and about you. Something different about them. Well, the storm came and it didn't, it didn't sink them. That problem came and it didn't, it didn't sink them. They, they came through somehow. And in fact, they came through and they came through in a great way. A spirit of faith in God will declare the outcome in advance. Faith always has voice, and it must be expressed. If things aren't working for you, and you know there's some areas and things haven't been working real good for me, the first place you need to check up on is what are you saying? Say this, say ouch. Yeah, that's me saying ouch. Faith in God declares the outcome. Faith says God's bigger. God, God can make a way where there is no way. This is not the end. This is not how it goes. God has given me His Word. God has given me His promises. And this is the way it's going to go. That spirit of faith, just something about that spirit of faith will make little Davy boy, you know, the little, the little teenager there, and make him go out with just a rock and a sling against a seven-footer, a nine-footer giant. Come on. I laugh at the story Mark Hankins would tell. He said, you know, he had a couple older brothers, and he said they would play football. In Texas, football's everything. And, you know, state championship teams, they live for that. And he said they would play and said, you know, the little guys would be on one team, and him and his friends, and the big guys would be on the other side. And he said they wouldn't even go in a huddle and call a play. They'd just walk up to the line, and they'd say, we're going to run right over the middle. And then they did it. And that's what you and I need to do. We need to just say, oh, I, I, what's this devil? I'm going to run right over the middle and you can't stop me. Something about that spirit of faith. It'll make you trash talk the devil. The devil, you think you've won? You lose. Devil, you always lose. I'm the conqueror in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loves me. And I'm going to win in this situation. And all my family's going to see. And all my friends are going to see. And I'm going to tell everybody I come in contact with the rest of my life how God did something amazing through my life and in my life. And you lost. You lost. You thought you won. But you lose in Jesus' name. That's trash talking to the devil. Boldly declare the outcome. 
Now, it, it seems like there's kind of a contradiction here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, King, we're not going to bow, and, uh, you know, but um, God will deliver us. But if he doesn't deliver us, well, you know, we're still not going to bow. No, if he doesn't deliver you, you're, there's no choice of bowing. You're just a crispy critter. <laughs> there's no, well, you know, maybe I'll think about bowing if God doesn't deliver. No, no, no. You, you're history. You're gone. You're toast, Right? Daniel 3.18, but if not, he said, uh, but if not, really that refers to the king's threats. He said, the king had said, we're going to deliver you. And remember, he liked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they made him mad. So they're saying, well, we know, you know, we've served you, and I know you're mad, and I'm not real sure you're going to go ahead and do this. I know you have the power to do it, but I'm not sure you're going to do it. Either you do it or you don't. If you do it... God's going to deliver us. If you don't do it, God has delivered us. Right? See, and people use things like this to question. The devil will say, well, maybe God wants you to burn in the fire. Maybe it's not God's will for you to be delivered. Maybe God wants you to have that short, miserable life and die young. Because he knows one day, no, 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 no. Is that right? Come on now. Am I in the right church? <laughs> Daniel 3 and verse 19. Let's read on. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. He was full of fury. Before he's just mad. Now he is really mad. And the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Are they going to die seven times quicker? I mean, what logic did this guy have? He, I mean, he was just angry, wasn't he? And he, verse 20, he commanded certain mighty men, hey, you Marines, you know, you, you Navy SEALs, you special forces, come over here. Men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them in the burning furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. This was a real problem. Have any of you prayed, Lord, just let all my problems go away? I don't want to face any problems. Lord, I don't... Just give me an easy life. Lord, I don't want to face any challenges. Now, you're crazy if you're praying for challenges. Because it seems like they just show up on their own, right? Faith in God doesn't mean that you won't ever face challenges. And sometimes people think, and the devil tells them, well, your faith doesn't work or God doesn't love you because you face challenges. So this faith stuff doesn't work. No, we all face challenges. I'm not excited about them usually, but we all face challenges. It's all our attitude towards those challenges. If you know that you're going to come out, 
If you know, okay, this challenge, you know, like the one man said, my favorite scriptures and it came to pass. I know it's going to pass through my life. I know this is not going to be the thing that stops me. It's just another obstacle and I can overcome it in Jesus' name. It was a real problem. They fell down bound. Now notice the same fire. They faced the same fire. They were bound. They were in trouble and they were in the middle of the fire. Have you ever felt that way? But the people that threw them into the fire, they were killed by that fire. But God's people weren't. Anger. The king lost some of his best men. Anger causes people to make bad decisions and do dumb things. The Bible says don't give place to anger. Have it focused in the right way. You know, your boss is not your problem. Hallelujah. Let's just get a little closer to home. Your spouse is not your problem. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you came on barbecue day? Let's just get another step here. See if we can stir the water a little bit more. You know, Pastor Dan's not your problem either. <laughs> and you're not my problem. You're a blessing to me. Praise God. They were thrown into the problem and they were bound. Think about how hopeless naturally they had to look. That had to look. And unfortunately, that's where it's the easiest thing in the world to look around and go, I'm bound, I'm in the fire, I'm going to die. And people are bound by all kinds of things, right? And ultimately, the devil uses things to bind you because he does want to kill you. Some of those, those things, those habits, some of those things, the devil wants to kill you with those things. Ah, oh, no, no, you know. Well, that's his goal. Not yours, but that's his. And when that problem comes and you, you're bound, it seems like you go, I've got no options. I'm in the fire. I don't know what to do. That's when it's easy to throw up your hands and say, well, I guess God doesn't want to do it this time. For some reason, I guess my face not working. I guess I guess this face stuff doesn't work. I guess God's mad at me or I, I hadn't read my Bible enough today or I don't know what it is, but for some reason it's not working. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Be careful. When the heat's on, be careful. Be careful. Remember the lady with the biscuit story? I'm going to tell it again. Because I think it so applies here. There was a lady, like today, the church, they were having a fellowship, and this lady always brought beautiful biscuits, and they were just amazing, and everybody looked forward to eating those biscuits. But one Sunday, they were having food, and the biscuits were just a little short, and they were kind of hard and flat and not very good. And they asked the lady, what happened to your biscuits? She said, well, here's the thing with biscuits, is when you put them in the oven, you know, they rise up, that heat they rise up 
but they squat down before they rise up and said, yeah, I guess these just got cooked in the squat. These never rose up. And that's the way it is sometimes when the heat and pressures of life come. Before we, we think, well, I'm going to rise up, but that heat and that pressure comes. Understand this, the problem and the pressure are two different things. The problem and the pressure are two different things. Things. The enemy uses problems to put pressure on us. How will we respond is the question. Don't accept that pressure. Just because there's a problem doesn't mean God, we've already looked at the scripture, He makes a way where there is no way. And you just have to go, I'm not going to give in to this pressure. I'm not going to give in to this pressure. If you don't buy this right now, it's just going up 10 times tomorrow, and you have to buy it right now. I say, well, you know, I don't have peace in my heart, so if it goes up 10 times and I need it tomorrow, God will supply the 10 times. Amen. Don't give in to that pressure. You may end up with a copy machine you can't get rid of. <laughs> the voice of experience. The choice is ours. No fiery trial. Only when we give in to that pressure do we get cooked in the squat. And uh, Hallelujah. We're about done. Y'all doing all right? Sometimes we've prayed and it looks like nothing's happening. You been there? You go, Lord, I prayed and I'm believing and, you know, and I, I don't know what else to do. I'm doing everything I know and... You ever been there? Well, just because you pray doesn't mean it. And, you know, we like instant results, don't we? Uh, I can't wait a minute. I want it now. You're an American. Don't look at me that way. <laughs> I'm thinking about microwave popcorn, and Cindy and I have been eating. You know, we buy it in the big box, 24, whatever at Sam's, and so... That lasts a couple weeks, and then we have to get some more. <laughs> Hallelujah. But our microwave, I don't know how long your microwave takes, but it takes about two and a half minutes to have them all cooked <laughs> evenly, not burned. So we put it in there, and you hit the two and a half minutes. And on ours, if you just do like the popcorn deal, it does like three and a half minutes. Man, it burns it. That won't work. So two and a half minutes. So you put it in there and do it, and nothing happens. It goes, that's how our sound, how's your sound? Maybe we need a new one, I don't know. Nothing happens in the first minute, first minute and a half, and you can say, nothing's happening. No, that power is working. And then all of a sudden you hear one go, you go, ah, it's working. And then pretty soon, pop, 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 right? And I think that's how it is sometimes. <laughs> Mark Hangen says, God can pop your whole bag of popcorn in the last minute. <laughs> and sometimes it seems like it is the last minute. You say, Lord, it's already, it's too late. And he says, oh, yeah, watch this. Thank God. Keep that switch of faith turned on. Daniel 3 and verse 24. Let's finish up the story. 
Daniel 3 and verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste. He jumped out of that chair and he said, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, we're not going to dispute your word. He said, Look, he answered, I see four men loose and walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. He said, Look at that. Didn't we throw three in there? Now there's four. God's in there with them. And he was astonished. Our turnaround can astonish others too. Notice, they were walking around. They weren't bound anymore. They were still in the fire. They didn't seem to be in a hurry to get out of the fire. I'm typically in a big hurry to get out of the fire. Right? But they're like, hey, God's with us. This is not going to cook us. We're going to come out of this. And they did. They got that pressure off of them. When we act on God's word, God becomes responsible for the outcome. It was a living faith that brought them out. A living faith, that confidence, that knowing, that assurance. And they said, you know what? God's got this. God's going to bring us out. Just hide and watch. Just, just wait. It's not over. It's not over. Just watch. Every storm, notice, every storm runs out of rain. I heard this several years ago, and it really encouraged me. So I felt like we were, I was right in the middle of a storm, and I thought, all right, it's going to run out of rain. I don't know how much rain y'all have gotten in the last two weeks. We've gotten almost seven and a half inches at my house. If that would be snow... They say about one inch of rain, 10 inches of snow. 75 inches of snow. I'm glad it's spring. <laughs> Every storm runs out of rain. Quickly, let's look at some scriptures. Isaiah 43, beginning in verse 1. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God. He said, I'm coming out. Say, I'm coming out. Oh, come on. Shout it out. Say, I'm coming out. Say, turn it around. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 54 and verse 17, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Just some scriptures to stand on. Let's get back to our story and let's finish it. Daniel 3 and verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke saying, uh, <coughs> uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, friends. Hey, hey, y'all, look over here. Remember me? I just little King Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Friend, hi. Servants of the Most High God. 
I think he was convinced. Before he said, he said, what did he say? He said, who is the God who's able to stand against me? There's nobody able to deliver you. Then he said, uh, uh, friends, uh, God's on your side. I see that now. Right? He said, come out and come here, please. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. Now, what? stop there for a minute. What did the devil, through Nebuchadnezzar, he wanted everyone, I mean, all the people came from all through the land, and they were supposed to all go home talking about Nebuchadnezzar and the big statue and how amazing Nebuchadnezzar is. But what did they see? Everyone saw. What if... They hadn't been, what if, what if the, the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what if they hadn't decided ahead? What if they hadn't taken a stand? If they hadn't, they would have died. And everybody would have went home going, man, the king, and he better do what the king says, or he will kill you. You talk about a turnaround. They saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. Understand the devil has no authority in your life. Just what you give it. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. You know how God likes to deliver people? He likes to deliver you so much from that situation. That when you give your testimony and you tell people, I used to be here, I used to do this, you know, whatever it was, and they look at you and they go, no. No. No, 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 no. You? No, that can't be. Because there's not a trace of it in your life anymore. If you just get around a campfire... You don't have to be in the fire. You're going to smell like smoke. Just getting close to it. Right? You, your wife cooks bacon or you cook bacon and you walk out of there and you go, to, you go mm, and there's bacon on the bus. Oh, there's bacon in my car. There's bacon at work because that smell and it gets on you, right? Like barbecue. Verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. I love to frustrate the devil, don't you? Ha, 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 devil, you lose and we win. Therefore, I make a decree. In other words, he said, this is a new law, just like... You know, our president tries to sign some things, and that's not really a law, but this was a law. I make a decree that any people, nation, language, which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. That's brutal, isn't it? Their houses shall be made an ash heap. Because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
in the province of Babylon. Was this a turnaround? I don't know how you could say much bigger turnaround. I mean, it went from the devil being glorified and Nebuchadnezzar being glorified. Just three people took a stand and the whole nation was talking about the God who delivers. Say, well, it doesn't matter whether I take a stand or not. Oh, really? It matters in your family. Your children need to see you take a stand. It matters with your grandkids. It matters with your neighbors. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Well, they won't be my friend if I take a stand. Well, you can still be kind and loving and friendly. Right? Hallelujah. I think about, and I wasn't going to tell the story, but we moved into this house several years ago, uh, 21 years ago now, I think, and, and they would have a, a once a year barbecue thing, and we went, and neighbor two doors down, and I met him, man, he's, he's uh, we'd met his wife earlier, and she said, you know, we talk, and they're friendly, and then she said, what are you doing? We said, oh, we're pastors. Oh, okay, well, she walked off, and so then the guy came late, and, you know, we're talking, and he's like, man, you know, you, I'm, you need to come over. We'll watch the game. And, yeah, I like that. You know, we'll do this. I'm like, yeah, I like that. And you could see the wife over there going, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, I always wave. I always friendly. I always say hi. And sometimes he just doesn't even, he just turn around and walk the other way. That's not on me. That's on him. My job is to love him and to be kind. Right? I can't control how he acts. Well, if you take a stand, sometimes people may not be quite as friendly. Now, some people are just obnoxious. Some Christians, let me say it this way, some Christians are just obnoxious and they think, well, I'm just, you know, I'm a martyr for Jesus. No, you're just obnoxious. <laughs> so the king promoted them. Promotion. God's people came out, heroes. They all went home talking about the God who delivers. And that's what we need to do. We need to take a stand, don't we? God, notice this. Let's close right here. God can turn it around so completely, it's like it never happened. God can turn it around so completely, turn it around so much that you have trouble remembering that even, that that was a part of your life. And you look back and you go, look what God has done in my life. Look how far He's brought me. God's turned it around. Think about this. If these three men under the Old Covenant, they weren't born of the Spirit, they weren't filled with the Spirit, but they had a covenant with God that they believed and they stood on. They were looking forward to Jesus coming. We look back, Jesus came, and we are born of the Spirit of God. Jesus said, I'm giving you another one just like me, and He will live in you and abide in you and give you the strength. If these three men could take a stand and a whole nation be turned, surely we can take a stand. I thank God I look back at, at some of my family members. 
and Cindy, we've talked about this in her family some too, but I look at, at my family members. Several years ago, I remember we went to a family reunion in Dumas, Texas. You've never been there? Well, you hadn't missed much. <laughs> but lots of family come in. And it was interesting talking about, and, and you know, my, my grandparents took a stand. It's about 100 years ago now. They took a stand. Their family, my grandmother's family, I mean, is alcoholics. And I mean, they, they weren't the, you know, it wasn't just, oh, well, they've always just been amazing. No, there was just people. Understand, people are people. But my grandparents, they were married and they went to a little brush arbor meeting and got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the same night they were filled with the Holy Spirit, their car was stolen had a new car. Don't you think the devil wanted to discourage him? Being spirit-filled, being a, a Pentecostal back in that day, I mean, it's a lot more accepted today for the most part. Not everybody. But, but what they would call at that time a Pentecostal, man, it was looked down on. And my grandmother's family basically shunned her. But it didn't stop them from serving Jesus. And it was interesting, those family members at that family reunion, every one of them were serving Jesus. All of them. Them, their kids. You know, this is like three or four generations worth. And oh, well, this one was, you know, the younger one, they're volunteering in youth group. The older ones, you know, a couple of them were, had credentials. They were preached, had preached a lot. You know, that, that wasn't their main profession, but they'd preached and done different things. Taking a stand, it's worth it. Hallelujah. And the Bible talks about you'll suffer persecution. But the persecution really so far that we suffer in America, it's like, it's nothing. Oh, well, they may not be my friend. Well, okay. You know, or, oh, well, somebody may make fun of you. And they may say, oh, you're one of those. Oh, you're one of those people you know you're so weak you need you need an imaginary god in the sky to help you out it's that kind of thing out there now they're pretty bold about saying it too that is nothing compared to true persecution other people are dying in this world for their faith Shadrach Meshach and Abednego they had the attitude now, like this, they said, I will not bow and I will not burn. In other words, you're not going to win, devil. I will not bow. I will not give up on God. I will not give up on the Word of God. I will not give up on the truth of the Word of God. And, devil, it's not over yet. The microwave's still going. Right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So be encouraged today. You say, well, I'm riding the storm. Yeah, I know. I'm in a couple right now, too. This fiery thing, that thing. Yeah, I know, but God's bigger, isn't He? God's bigger, isn't He? God's bigger. 
God's bigger. Let me pray for you. Father, we honor you once again. We magnify your son, Jesus. We magnify what you've done for us. We magnify your promises. God said it. We believe it. And in our life, that settles it. Lord, we look to you. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. There is nothing too hard for you. Nothing impossible. Lord, we put our eyes fully on you today. Lord, give us the grace by the Spirit of God to stand in these days we live in. To stand for you. To not be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine and everything that comes along. But to stand firmly for you and for your truth. Lord, here we are. We pray that we would be salt and light. That you would saturate us with the love of God. That we would be able ministers to reach out to our family first, to our friends, to our neighbors, to co-workers, to people that come across our path. That they would see there's a difference. Serving you makes the difference. Having you live in us makes the difference. So, Lord, we put our trust in you. Thank you, Father God. I pray for those who have not yet accepted Jesus. And may Jesus, the Lord of their life, Lord, let their eyes be open. Let them see there's only good, only benefit in serving you. That you're not against us. That you love us. That you're for us. That you give us a peace and a future, that hope, that blessed hope. Help us to find them today.